I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. to You're Killing It, a podcast for creatives by creatives. I am Tamma. And I am Michelle Grace Hunger. And we are super excited about this guest. Um, I actually met this amazing woman uh, a few years ago, actually. She did some awesome artwork. I was so lucky to get her to do some awesome artwork for, uh, for me a few years back, and I fell in love with her stuff. The amazing Ellen Porteus. Hey, Ellen. Hi guys, how's it going? Thank you so much um, for having me on. Oh, we are super excited. So Ellen is an Australian-based artist and uh, she spans across the realms of illustration, animation and installations. Um, She's worked with some massive brands like one of our all-time faves, Michelle. (laughs) Adidas, Adidas. Uh, she's worked with um, other brands like Apple, Bill Gates. That's an interesting one that I'm quite keen to know about. Instagram, uh, Disney, Facebook, Nike, New York Times, TED, and the list goes on. It's a very impressive uh, list of people that and brands that she's worked with. And so in our minds and everyone else in the world, she is the epitome of someone who is killing it. So welcome, Ellen. We are super excited to have you here. And um, yeah, we wanted to talk about, so Ellen's approach to her art is about finding humor in the complex relationship we have with ourselves, right? Like I I think your tagline is it's something like uh, making ugly things cute. (laughs) Yes, making ugly feelings cute. And I I think um, I really enjoy, yeah, just as a person, as as an artist, um, exploring the kind of, relationship you have with yourself your your inner self your inner world and my personal work is really inspired by that where you know there's those flaws that you hide from people those behaviors that you hide from people I think it's such an interesting topic it's what makes us human and it's something that I really enjoy exploring in my artwork yeah wow it's it's super inspirational and I think it's that that crazy thing of uh you know people talking about opening the can of worms on yourself and people going I don't ever want to go and see a therapist because if I open the lid on that shit, it's just going to be disaster. And I think what's awesome is that through artwork, which I know all three of us through our creative art, that is a way of expressing those inward feelings and stuff. So I'm super excited to get um, to deep dive into that and just talk about your life as a creative and um, some of the hurdles you've had to overcome to get to where you are today. So Mm -hmm. um. MGH, do you want to kick kick us off? 
Sure. Well, I think first of all, let's um, let's tell us a little bit about yourself and how you kind of got into art and how you found your calling, I guess, to do this as a full time or, you know, full time career. Yeah, so I've been um, a full-time artist for six years now Um, and before then I was a graphic designer for a really short amount of time um, after graduating um, from a kind of design degree. But the reason that I got into it was that I was was just always um, a creative person. I felt very comfortable in my own imagination. So I knew instinctively that I would be following a creative career path um, at some point in my life. Um, I was drawn to a lot of different things. I was drawn to writing and in English and um, music as well, but I kind of just chose visual arts, um, visual communication as a degree on a whim. It just, it just was a gut instinct. I saw the degree description and I thought that sounds, that sounds interesting. (laughs) So, um, and, and I also, I grew up in Newcastle, which is a town uh, a couple of hours north of Sydney. Um, and really I just wanted to spread my wings and, and kind of get out of uh, the, the small town that I kind of grew up in. Um, Newcastle's great, but it, um, it is a place where you kind of know everybody um, if you're there for a while, and um, I really just wanted to go out on my own and, and explore that. So that was kind of what led me to the decision of, of pursuing uh, a visual art sort of career, and then when I got to uni in Sydney, um, I I just realised that I, I loved it so much. I love design, I loved illustration, I love art. Um, and so I was sort of beyond just what I would normally be expected to do for my degree, I was also um, in my own time creating things and I was exploring my style. And I that's where I kind of found my, my voice and my style just by um, using what I kind of learn at uni and in my own time creating work and sharing it online. And what happened through that was that um, people started to notice it and I got some really great feedback on what I was creating. It sort of, it looks very similar to what I do now. Like you can see it, it's a lot better now, obviously, because I've been doing it for a while, but it is that sort of like bright, colourful, um, you know, bold lines, um, sort of cartoony style that um, that I do now. Um, and, yeah, I just got, I just got some um, great feedback from people online and in real life that they, they really connected with it. So I kept doing it. And um, eventually when um, I was working as a graphic designer, um, I, I got an offer for a paid, paid gig. Um, for a magazine double page spread in a New York magazine um, and couldn't believe the amount of money they were offering me to mm-hmm. me to make some artwork for them. Um, and I kind of realised that, well, if these guys want to pay me to, to create artwork, then there must be other people out there who, who want to do that as well. So, yeah, awesome. yeah I quit, I quit my, my design job um, straight up. I just was like, I want to do this um, and sort of committed to becoming a full-time artist from there. I moved to Melbourne and I just um, put my head down and and worked as hard as I could at getting better and getting clients and that was how it really all started. Wow. Oh, that's so <clears throat> cool. But So it's cool um, to hear that there was something in the beginning uh, with an intu- intuition. There was something that, you know, you had a gut feeling that you wanted to do that course. It, is the... 
Is that kind of gut feeling something that, um, you know, you rely on a lot now in your art? Do you kind of trust that feeling when something feels right? Because that's something that I've really leaned into recently and it's kind of never failed me, to be honest. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. I think I'm a very intuitive person. Um, I don't, I'm not a very logical thinker. So I rely (laughs) a lot on that instinct that you can't really explain or anything and I'm not saying it's some kind of magical thing I think I just rely on what feels right rather than what's logical um so I I do lean into that a lot um and it's it's led me down an unexpected path a lot of the time but um it's led me down a a fantastic path so yeah I do I do just go with what seems exciting and what feels right. <laughs> yeah, which that's such an interesting uh, segue into one of the questions that we had for you. Is It was actually asking around um, what's the biggest risk you've had to take for your career? Um, or, or, you know, one of them, obviously, you know, quitting a safe design job and then and then moving into freelancing off the back of having that, that one successful high-paid, you know, gig. Um, what is what are some of the biggest risks that you've had to kind of take? Yeah, I think um, one that I could talk about would be um, me and my partner moving into a really big commercial space. Um, yeah. So we were living in a house, but I really wanted to start making bigger stuff, start painting more. My partner is a plant stylist and he really wanted space to, like, you know, grow his plants. We just wanted, like, more room. Yeah, And so we were just like, well, what could we do that would be, like, ideal for that? And then um, we realised that we would just love to have a big commercial space that we could live and work in. Um, so so we, we found one and we, we did that. And I think that was a really big risk because it's very expensive to have a commercial lease. Um, yeah, and, that's, that's petrifying. <laughs> yes, and it's a time commitment and, yeah, financial commitment. Um, but... We and we weren't really exactly sure what our goals were with it, but we just thought it would be it would be beneficial for us, and it has it has been like for me. I now have like so much room. I've yeah. gotten jobs now that I couldn't have done when I was at home working just because of the space, um, mm. uh, like restrictions, um, and just yeah, the the amount of fun and and things I've been able to do in this space um, has has like paid off that that risk. I think, yeah. Um, but other things like, you know, employing and um, getting an assistant. So, like, lots of financial risks, I think, are mm-hmm. part and parcel of, of owning a business. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I, I, I try and do that as much as I can. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and it's so scary. It's, um, we were talking about that the other day, um, my business partners and I and, and Michelle and I riff on it quite a bit. It's that kind of that champagne and razor blades thing. It's like, you, you win a big job one day and you get super pumped and then someone pulls out the next or something like that and you're like, no, I, I love this, I hate this. Like the ups and downs are mind-blowing and it's just sometimes, I don't know about you too, but sometimes you find, you find yourself going, what are, we, what are we doing this for? Like what? So, you know, I, I find that an interesting thing. So why, why did you decide this and why, you know, because there are so many you know, amazing artists out there, but it takes comp- incredible guts to actually turn that into a career and take that risk on. Like your place is epic. I've literally seen it in magazines. <laughs> like if you, if you want to see it, you can go and uh, Google Ellen Porteus and find see her flipping pad. It's so cool. Um, 
but you know, it's it's kind of yeah. Why why did you take this path? Um, I think I just um, uh, I get really excited about like doing things that um, that are kind of risky creatively, um, and that kind of keeps me motivated to 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 build up my career and and. You know, I've had so many amazing opportunities come my way, um, and and yeah, I, I just like I like taking risks because that that sort of means that I will I will get more of those opportunities, and I'm also yeah. I'm not um, particularly money motivated, um, so I like I'm, I'm okay with taking some risks with money um, if it means that I'll be able to do cool things. So um, I think that's why you know we took on this commercial lease, which is like very expensive <laughs> and people will probably be like why aren't you putting that towards like a house or something like that but like the the amount of stuff I've been able to do here like you, you wouldn't be able to do it by playing it safe so yeah I think that's that's the, that's the main reason <laughs> I love, I that. love that yeah that's so cool I think there's something in, innate in a lot of um just freelancers in general like there must be something in that like a personality type or something like we don't mind living on the edge a little bit I think a lot of the time we're not we're not motivated by money you know that yeah. that seems to be kind of a common thread so I, I like I really resonate yeah. with that um but do you have any moments where you were kind of what the fuck moments where you were kind of just you had to pinch yourself you're like I mean I know you through the work that you did with Julia at Facebook. So for that, I mean, I saw that and was just like so blown away that someone I knew so dearly and, I, you know, I, I love Julia, I love her work, was doing something on such a big scale. But And I'm assuming that's probably one of them. But, um, yeah, how does it feel to, like, fly to New York and do something on such a big scale with such a big company? Yeah, that was, like, in terms of my career, that was the biggest pinch me moment. So it was this. <laughs> Um, a job for Facebook. So um, my friend who's a photographer, Julie, and your friend as well, mm-hmm. Julia McGoran yes. and I um, collaborated for a Facebook cover photo um, and then Facebook loved it and so they decided to make an installation out of it for their Facebook New York office. And so they decided to, yeah, fly us over there so we could kind of oversee the installation of this, um, of this piece. Um, and then... The next year, 2020, um, they they engaged us again to do another installation at their um, headquarters in Silicon Valley, um, and they flew us over again to do that too. Amazing! Um, Did you get to see Zuck? <laughs> no, we saw his office, but he wasn't. He does. We went and we went past his um, house, I think, but we weren't allowed Ooh. to like go and meet him or anything like that <laughs> apparently apparently he's like not cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah he'd probably um, be awkward software developer sorry, <laughs> I was. sorry to leave me <laughs> giant, just a giant nerd he wouldn't be cool at all <laughs> <laughs> yeah cool so you rocked up there and what what yeah what happened like what was the vibe it was so cool. Like we got to work with people who were, you know, marketing for Instagram, uh, marketing for Facebook, and they were just the best people to work with. They let us, they trust us so much with our creative vision, which is crazy. And um, the, the, they were amazing. They took us around San Francisco. They spent time with us. They went hiking with us. Like it was oh, just, wow. it was, that was a real pinch me moment. Um, and 
yeah, it was it was it was pretty incredible because this is you know we're talking about Julia and I are two creatives from Melbourne in our twenties at the time. I'm thirty now, but <laughs> I was in my twenties at the time. Um, and good age. You know, it just feels like so. You know, any artist would want to work with Facebook or Instagram in that capacity mm. and do something at their office, and they they chose like us little guys from from mm-hmm. Melbourne and it, yeah it was really incredible um and a really huge highlight of my career it was a weird time obviously because it was this is we're talking March 2020 <laughs> and um, oh yes I actually I'm <laughs> sure I remember seeing you on Instagram I'm like oh yeah seeing you over there and then we literally like got locked down at, like on the 15th of March I think we left our office on like the 12th of March mm. and then everyone was locked down so were you still over there then or did you come home just before that we came back, I think it was the 14th of March we came back or the 15th. So um, wow. we were the first yeah. flight back that had to quarantine at home. We were getting on the plane oh, and they were making yeah. an announcement. Um, so it was that timing. <laughs> it was really weird, really weird time to be travelling. But um, Yeah, that, that was intense actually. Like I went to Hawaii on the 18th of March for my visa, my green card, and it was so eerie, wasn't it, travelling at that time? It Mm-hmm. Also, too, very- when they, I think, like being told you have to quarantine at that point, or you have to quarantine at home for two weeks, would have seemed like such a big deal. Like, obviously, we're used to this now, but you just been like, what do you mean we have to stay home for two? Like, what are you talking about? It would have been bizarre. I know. It was. It was. Yeah. yeah. Now it seems like, oh, that yeah. would be fine. Oh, like, yeah. we do that all the time. But yeah, yeah. we were just kind of playing, being like, what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we can't um, leave the house. Yeah, Yeah, and then like all of a sudden you're wearing a mask over your face Mm -hmm. and you're like, you're man, just weird. And now it's just like so weird. Normality, isn't it? Yeah. So I think like that was it because I just come off this huge high of being, you know, my career highlight of doing this amazing installation and um coming back here and also like we sort of talked about maybe doing it in other offices as well we're talking about going all over you know the world and doing this um and so it really hit me very hard this like huge dose of reality coming back here and and realizing that um those those goals of traveling and and working which is always my dream um Mm. It wasn't going to happen, you know, not for a while. So um, that that was that was a bit, you know, real high and low in twenty twenty. But um, you know, we all we've all had some version of that. Um, yeah, and, yeah. And Alan, yes. you are speaking. I, I resonate. I resonate mm. with this so much as someone that was touring uh, really mm. consistently up until like that point as well. So it's just I've I've actually had to grieve that. And it's yeah. like something that I felt really weird about for a long time because, you know, we're so lucky in Australia and, you know, we have had, um, you know, low cases and all of that sort of stuff. But it was actually a friend that told me, like, it's okay to feel sad for the things that you you can't do. Like, yeah. you're allowed to grieve that and just be like, yeah, that actually fucking sucks. That actually mm-hmm. sucks. And yeah. I can sit with it and 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 just allow yourself to feel it which I think is really important as well because I just I wasn't allowing myself for a long time so what you just said then is like I totally feel that I really I really do so um you know I feel for you as well yeah. I understand I understand that feeling for sure yeah totally. yeah it, mm. it really does um 
it it just it forces people to kind of rethink you know what what their lives are about and you know it was I was all set to move to LA at the same time as you were going uh, that you were there Ellen and um you know that had been a lifetime dream of mine to to move over there and my friends were all kind of waiting for me I had a, um, my house set up there in Long Beach and um then one of my mates said to me oh this um coronavirus thing she'd just been she just come from France um and doing some stuff and I don't know science stuff there and um and, and I was like what what coronavirus thing like and that was in about like February or something and then before you knew it it was just so kind of dodgy to go over and be traveling and and stuff like that and and then all of a sudden this this huge dream just it comes crashing down around you doesn't doesn't it and you have to kind of reimagine what your your life is going to look like and I think everyone's definitely suffering the impacts of that and but also you know I mean how do you both of you um how have you managed to find those pockets of like light ahead or like pockets of like um excitement it's like finding the spark in life again right mm. how do you how have you guys managed to do that over the last mm. year um I think yeah for me like I I am so motivated by goals and dreams and so yeah. it was really hard pretty much for the whole year um to to really get back to feeling that sense of hope so I kind of just tried to get through it by like I drew a lot I created a lot of work for myself um just in sort of a hibernation mode mm. um to kind of get through that and then but now I'm um I'm starting to make plans again big dreams mm. like where um, my partner and I are learning Japanese and we want to go over to Tokyo for a bit, like when we can. So, and it's just about like, yet yeah, setting those, setting those dreams again um, for the future mm. and working towards them. So that's how I'm kind of getting those, <laughs> that happiness back now, that motivation. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. What about you, Mesh? Uh, I just had to, uh, I mean, this is where I started live streaming on Twitch and just really connected with uh, the wider photography community. And I found like just having a group of people that I could inspire to do little challenges every week and do interviews on my Twitch Mm. um, stream and stuff like that just helped me feel connected because I'm an extrovert. So being at home and not connected to people is like my idea of hell. So just being able to be connected to people that way um, definitely has helped. So it's, um, yeah, it's definitely interesting. I think uh, when people like us, we love our jobs. And if travel is involved in that, it's really, really hard. Like so many people that, you know, I've got friends that were you know, um, you know, frontline workers or they had to work through the whole thing and, and like absolutely like props to those people. Like we, this is how we continue, you know, living in the, in these times. But I remember one of my friends saying, oh, I would love to be paid to stay at home because we were so lucky to get JobKeeper mm. and stuff like that. And for me, it was the opposite, like being, like staying at home, being paid to stay at home. That's hell for me like I want to be working yeah. I love my work so it's just that weird psychology yeah. around like how we see our work when you're artists your work is your life like so it's just you know reimagining what um what can be possible in the future is something that I've tried to I've tried to like kind of not hope too far because those you know it was like oh we can tour at the end of this year and then now that's not going to happen so I'm trying to keep my hopes like the lid on it a little bit but just like like Alan said having like longer term (laughs) longer term goals I think is super healthy so yeah I love that that's really great 
<laughs> yeah, totally. And even in the in the you know the kind of day to day as well, I find um, you know setting little baby goals for the day and things like mm. that, and things you want to achieve. Like even for me, it might be like finish a song this week, or say for us, mm. like record a podcast or get someone yes. like Ellen on who's an amazing yeah. inspirational person and and kind of you know it's awesome to set set goals and look forward but also at the same time like being in it right now and going well what's some stuff that I can kind of build on in my day-to-day to make you know to, to feel fulfilled and to feel like you're killing it <laughs> also yeah. I think these these conversations I actually love talking to other creatives that get it because not mm. everyone in my life does actually understand it. So it's actually really therapeutic to have. I'm just loving these conversations that we're having. So it's it's really helpful for me as well. Mm. Oh, it's, so cool. it totally helps. And like what, I mean, what something like some words of encouragement you would pass on to people at the moment who are feeling a bit, you know, kind of lost in terms of, um, you know, I can't tour, I can't travel and do my, you know, installations. You know, what would you say to people knowing that, yeah, maybe say, you know, whether they're introverts or extroverts, what what, what would you say to people right now who are feeling a bit down in the dumps? That's so hard. I think I would say, like, <laughs> it's okay to feel really shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Kind of like you, Mish, I was, like, denying that I was feeling shit for a long time. Um, yeah. yeah. But, yeah, it's okay to be, like, sad about it. yeah I totally agree with that I had like a big cry this morning because I was like I I consume too much information like I really I like Mm. I'm a bit of a nerd when it comes to like podcasts and listening to epidemiologists and virologists and they're talking about variants and all this stuff and I just had a cry I was just like when are we going to be out of this and I actually felt so much better after I cried I went for a walk and then I was like all right what do I need to do? I just needed to get it out sometimes. And I, I agree with Ellen. Sometimes it's, and I never used to be that person. I'm a really positive person and I don't really like mm. to show other people that I'm cracking. So I think yeah. I've got better at that. And, and yeah, I, I really, really agree with what Ellen said. Just it's okay. It's okay to feel shit. We're going through, you know, something that's once in a hundred years. So it's pretty wild. Exactly. And like what I think is really positive is that um it's from talking to like obviously coaching a lot of teams in the world of technology um and um you know working with different individuals and stuff this is a massive like so having you know facing so many different people on a day-to-day basis and you know when you're when you're coaching teams and understanding performance and productivity it really does bring in the personal element as well so what i'm seeing a lot of across the board with different clients and things like that at the moment is that people are there's a lot of change happening and people aren't very good with change but um you know i'm just trying to kind of encourage people at the moment like change is actually really good and if you're actually open to accepting that change is happening then you can start making a plan because the worst part is the ambiguity. Mm. The worst part is going, things are changing around me and it feels hideous, but I want to hang on to the old way. But then it's like, okay, cool. So, all right, let's, let's, let's accept that I need, I, that some changes are going on. What am I going to do? What do I want to do? What do I, where am I going to head? And it's totally about making that plan and just kind of just smashing it out, just doing it. Same, same as what you said, Alan, like doing, you know, setting those goals and 
it's it's hugely um, beneficial for people, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so moving on from there, I wanted to ask um, what one of the things that I thought would be quite funny because I we, Michelle and I have had heaps of conversations lately about um, you know like trolling and we've got some kind of uh, you know thoughts around you know, funny stuff around social media and things like that. But I thought like in someone in a visual artist world as well, like have you ever had any like weird situations where you've been, you've been standing there like marvelling at an installation or something that you've done and there's been some some conversations that you've overheard or like what's some weird crap that you've had happen to you in that, in that world? Has there been anything? When we, um, when we did the installation at Facebook, um, in New York so the first one it mm. was like it was a pretty wild thing like it it moved it had like music it had these like kind of hands coming out the wall so it was like pretty full-on like it wasn't it wasn't maybe something that everyone would appreciate yeah <laughs> and um we were we just finished it up we'd taken some photos and we were just like sitting around and there were people walking past and this guy walked past and he was like oh I don't like that <laughs> thanks for the feedback mate Zuckerberg like I we Julia and I just laughed and and Julia was like you know if everyone likes what you're doing then you're probably doing something wrong and I think that's yeah. really good advice like you if you're making something and everyone likes it, like it's you're probably vanilla, like, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I try and take that philosophy. I do like I have um my studio faces onto Smith Street in oh, Collingwood, amazing. which is a very yeah. popular street. And you just told everyone where you live. <laughs> yeah, you just you just doxed yourself, Alice. <laughs> it has <laughs> It has my name on the window. (laughs) (laughs) Even better. I love it. Um, Yeah. But so I can hear, like, people can't hear me from out the street, but for some reason I can hear really clearly what people are saying on the other side of the window. Yeah. Um, And so I have to just turn up my music really loud because I do hear people walk past me like, oh, it's, it's uh, that Ellen El- Porter studio, blah, 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 blah. And it'll say something and I'm like, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. Like, <laughs> comment, so I just turn up my music really loud so I don't hear anything. <laughs> That's so oh. funny. It's like, it's almost like the um, unsolicited advice that you don't have a choice not to, like, you, it's just, mm. it's just going into your ears. You're like, I don't want to mm-hmm. hear that. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's yeah. so funny. Have you, have you had that ever, Michelle, when you've been like in a situation where people are like talking about your work or something and you're standing there in earshot? Um, no, more like talking about me um, as a person. Yeah. It's re- yeah, it's, it, I think when I started um, doing photos for Rule and I became like a person that people knew, which is very bizarre as a photographer, like you don't ever expect that. And people would start pointing or they'd, they'd take videos and post it on Instagram of me just walking across mm. the street or just like the weirdest stuff. So that oh that's strange yeah. and it's taken a long time to uh, to get used to. But, you know, we're not touring at the moment, so <laughs> it doesn't happen as much. <laughs> <You're just laughs> under the, the radar in your house. Under the radar, <laughs> under the radar. Locked down. Yeah. Totally. Oh, that is so funny. I just realised it's like um, I 
I'm so bad. My Kiwi accent, and I'm like pronouncing your surname wrong, Ellen. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> such Kiwi vibes. Poor <laughs> That's okay. Um, I've heard many different, um, many different pronunciations of it, so I actually don't really notice anymore. <laughs> I've, I've been one of those people to walk past your window and be like, oh, "That's um, Ellen Portas's house." <laughs> <laughs> oh, what um, a good spot you live in, though. Yeah, Yeah. I'd love to talk to you, Alan, about the transition from kind of the part-time world into like full-time freelance because like this is one of the things that Tam Tam and I are really excited to explore because Mm. this is essentially, you know, a podcast for creatives and that's one of the biggest hurdles is like how do you make it a career? How do you go from kind of doing it on the side to full-time do you remember that transition and and was it kind of tricky and 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 I guess did you have any advice for how to balance that yeah so I did just kind of like glaze over that whole (laughs) whole whole side of when I was talking about it before um it was just kind of like oh I I got my first job and and now I've been doing it for six years like it was so easy but no it was quite hard um so I yeah I quit my job that part was easy and I moved to Melbourne um, and for about a year, um, I really struggled to like, you know, pay the bills because I didn't have any clients or I didn't have any contacts. I didn't even know anyone in the industry who was an illustrator or an artist who I could even ask, like, how do I do this? I was so naive. Um, so, but I was really determined. I was like very, very determined that I wanted to make this work. Um, so even though I, I was really like struggling to get paid work in the beginning, um, I said to myself that I wouldn't get a part-time job because um, I just wanted to, I didn't want to get distracted by things. And I knew if I got a job doing something else, um, whether it was in the creative industry or whether it was like something like a hospital job or a retail job, that would take away time from my goal. And I thought that would just like delay the point where I would get to a stage where I could support myself. So that's definitely a risky move and it's not something that I would recommend everyone do. I had a bit of savings behind me, which helped. Um, and, and I did always have the fallback of like, okay, if things get really dire, I will get a part-time job. Um, to supplement it, but I just didn't ever get to the stage where that that had to happen. Um, and yeah, I just I had this goal of getting represented by an agency, um, and basically I just worked my way towards that. So I built up my folio, and then when it was a stage where I was like, I guess I can send this to them, I did that, and then they gave me feedback. I worked on it. I came back to them again. They signed me. And that's when, like, having an agent as an artist um, is is really, really great if you want to kind of fast-track that um, mm. stage of, like, not being able to support yourself to being able to support yourself. Um, so once that had happened, and that happened in about a year from when I quit my job, um, that completely changed my whole world and suddenly I was, I was making good money. Um, and I was, it wasn't long until I was making, you know, more money than I would have been if I'd stayed in my design job. And so, um, yeah, it definitely happened quicker than I had, than I had expected. Um, Mm. but I think I put that down to like, that I really just fast tracked it and didn't, didn't fuck around. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, there's something uh, in that for sure. I have a very similar experience as well that I, I kind of went from zero to 100, like straight into full-time as well, um, or mm. full-time freelancing. There's something mm. to be said, I think, about, and it's it's not the best advice because it's definitely not the, uh, it's not the safe option, but there's something to no. be said about all in, kind of like this yeah. is my only option. I don't have a safety net. I'm just all in and this has to work. And for me, that definitely worked. And it sounds like it's similar to you, Alan, as well. It just, you just have this laser focus on, I absolutely have to make this work. It's just like, there's no other option. There's no other way. It's kind of an interesting one from, I guess, an artist, like a a musician and artist perspective. Um, Because I, I, I want to unpack that one a little bit more because I think um, I've seen a lot of situations like, uh, where people have been all in with their music and which is another interesting conversation which Michelle and I talk about as well as like people's definition of success. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the time if you, you know, ask what definition of success for a mu- like a music artist, um, a musician is or something like that, a lot of people won't say like, you know, I want to be rich and famous, but people will say, I want to sell out stadiums around the world. Like, you know, Ooh. it's kind of that. Um, and it's, and like your, you guys as well with your um, visual art and it, it's, if you're all in, um, I think that's incredibly brave and it's amazing. But I've also seen people who I've been close to um in life who have been all in for like 10, 15 years and it it just hasn't happened for them. And then they meet someone and then that partner wants a family and they get to their mid thirties and then they start to get towards their forties and they're still playing pub gigs and their kids are little and they're going out to 10, 12 at night on a weeknight, having to somehow supplement or play weddings. And um, that's a reality as well for Mm -hmm. people. And I feel like we don't talk about that side of it very much. Mm. I feel like that um, that I love the idea of all in, and I think it's really cool. But I've seen people go all in at and then kind of hit these belts of depression in their mid thirties to you know because I think music, especially for females, is it can be quite different. You know, there is some sort of age stigma attached to it in some ways for female artists. I mean, Michelle, you did her sound, her story, right? Like um, that amazing documentary um, that, yeah, yeah, there is something there. My caveat would definitely be music is the, the hardest like creative pursuit without a doubt. So, um, and I completely understand what you're saying, Tam, and I completely agree. And I've, I've seen that with so many of my dear friends who are, who are mm-hmm. artists and musicians. That's a really common story. So I definitely yeah. don't want to seem like um, I'm just encouraging people to jump in with no, you know, no regard for, for anything. Because it's, it's regardless, it's, it's a tough, it's a tough slog. And, and the reality is, is not everybody makes it. It's just unfortunately how it is. Um, I think the flip side of that is that pretty much most successful people are all in at once at one stage and they do take big risks. So I guess there's totally. that element of it as well. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, that's exactly right. And I love that. I think it's so, it's so worth it. And, um, but you know, I think also that there's, I think there's some, there's also something that's cool around um, like say for you, Michelle, with your, 
you've got your art, but you also you're design you've designed your um so you want to be a photographer music course that uh, music photography course um that is also like an incredible value add to people where you've managed to think about another kind of avenue of sharing value with your skills and expertise that isn't just around making your art. And I think that's super clever as well. Um, and, and the same for you, Alan, it's like, you know, you've got your illustration, you've got animation, you've got, you've done huge murals around town you've done. And I just love the fact that, you know, a lot of the time with the people that are all in, they've got all these different ideas that they want to execute. They're not stuck on the fact that I just need to be up on stage playing these songs. They, they might think differently like collaborations or, you know, um, getting into music production and then starting to like lots of my friends who, who are actually kind of musos have become producers now, you know, like, so I think that's quite cool as well. It's just, I think, yeah, the risk the risk takers are always thinking about other avenues as well that they can um, explore with their creativity, which is rad. Um, which leads me on to a question for you, Ellen. <laughs> um, what is your definition of success? Yeah, I've had to think about this a lot recently and it's something that I think you know, a few years ago, it would have been very arbitrary achievements such as, you know, getting signed to an artist agency or working with XYZ client or something like that. But um, when I did achieve those things, um, I just, I, I, it didn't feel like success to me. It just felt like, okay, now I need more, more, more. And yeah that leads you to take on too much work. It leads you to burnout. It leads you to feeling like you can't enjoy those successes and you can't enjoy your hard work. So for me now, it's really success to me is like waking up in the morning and feeling really excited to do my job and just really excited about my life in general um, and being, being healthy. Like that's, that's it. <laughs> I love, love that. that that's amazing I think that's a brilliant answer so good yeah that's that is so so what I yeah I'm 100% on board with that vibe that's that's very cool mm. well I reckon um, plan, but um you know it's it's one I'm, I feel a lot better now that I'm I'm focusing on that <laughs> yep yep and um I guess lastly I'd um a cool way to kind of wrap it up would be to ask um, to ask you, you know, for people who are considering chasing their dreams and going all in, um, what are the things, what are some of the things that you would kind of, you know, just tell people to consider or think about or, or do or, yeah. Yeah, I think there's, there's a few things. I think, um, I think it's about you knowing yourself. So really trying to understand yourself and what is that thing that you are going to be passionate about doing and always wanting to improve on and getting up and being excited to do. You might not know the answer to that, but if you have a gut feeling of like, I love doing this thing, then I think you're on the right track. Um, the other really important advice that I would give is to like surround yourself with people who will support you. Um, that is like, I think my number one piece of advice is to have people who will help you when you're going through bad times and who will like be really happy for you when something goes well and everything between. That's so important. 
Oh, I think 100%. that is some of the best advice I've ever heard anyone give. That <laughs> yeah. is, honestly, that is surround yourself with people who will genuinely be happy for you. Like that is such a, that's really, really big. And, and, and also yeah. I think other, other creative people that inspire you and people that, you know, are not trying to pull you down and, and, you know, I love that Ellen. That's such a great answer. Super, super, yeah. super cool. Surround yourself by those good people. That's, that's exactly what, I think that's what successful people do, right. Is just have good people in your corner supportive mm-hmm. people and um, understanding people who aren't trying to like encourage you to chase something else if it's not quite working. Like I find that so frustrating of people, oh, have you considered um, going to do blah, blah, blah? And you're like, no, I'm going to persist in this. And it's hard and it sucks, but I'm going to keep doing it. Like it's like punish until you're like, woo, and then you get on the champagne train and it's like amazing. <laughs> mm. <laughs> well, it's been so awesome to see you again and to have you. I was like hoping that we would be able to all be in person in, this, in the studio. but um, I know. But what a uh, Rona. Oh, yeah. I know. I know. And instead I'm sitting on the avocado farm with dodgy ass Wi-Fi. It's probably like, yeah. There's so, like drilling anyway. outside my door, which is why I keep going on mute. So that's just incredible. <laughs> I didn't incredible, even notice you. <laughs> incredible timing that uh, the, uh, they're just doing, like, they're basically removing a level crossing behind me and it's just like right now. Okay. Good time. Oh, I can hear time. that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I keep putting it on mute. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Alan, it has been an absolute pleasure to have you on. You're killing it, and you really, really are killing it. So keep killing it, and um, it's just super cool to have yes. people um like you, you know, sharing your story and um, you know, helping people along their way to navigate through the the hurdles in which this crazy creative freelance life um, you know, has coming with it. So thank you, and thank all you. the best. You're and, amazing. Um, yeah, Love this chat amazing. so much. It was really great. I Thank know. you so much, guys. I really <laughs> love this. Thank you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.